What does Judaism think about feminism? This week's Parsha is Parsha's Pinchas, and the story that everyone loves to talk about is the story of five powerful Jewish women, the daughters of Salafchad. Machla, Noah, Chagla, Noah, I said Noah, Milka, and Terza. These five Jewish women, it's 39 years after the Jewish people were essentially destined to be in the desert, and they're about to enter Israel. And the daughters of Salafchad come forth to Masha Rabbeinu and say, hang on, you explained to us the laws of the land, that if a father dies, the land, the piece of land goes, the ownership transfers to the child, to the son. Now, our father died. He was not part of Karach's mutiny. He has nothing against you personally. Right now, if we don't have a piece of land, our sons, our father had no sons. We are going to be homeless. Now, feminists love this story. And to be honest, the first time I heard this story, the first time I remembered my adult life actually being confronted with this story, it's like, yeah, yeah, women's rights, women's coming forward, women's fighting for what they want. All that 21st century, 2023 chatter. But the truth is, the way in which Torah and the way in which the world sees women's rights and women's roles and human rights and human role is completely contrary. It's, it's diametrically opposite. The world is all about what's in it for me. And Torah is like, it's not about you. It's all about Hashem. What can I do for Hashem? And the funny thing is, rights is not really a word we use in Torah. It's not about what is your human right, what I owe, what do what what belongs to me, what I think I deserve. Rather, what is my responsibility? The way I like to characterize it is help me help you. Shemi, put me in this world. You have a responsibility to look after me. When Slavkat's daughters came forward to Masharabeno, they weren't saying women's rights, I deserve a piece of land. What makes me different? They were saying no. There was no space in Torah. Because Torah is responsible for my well-being, and Hashem is responsible for my well-being, Hashem is responsible to ensure that I have a home. And it's not about I deserve this. It belongs to me. It's not fair. They were coming forward to Masha and saying, Torah has a responsibility to protect me. As a Jewish daughter, I am responsible to have a piece of land. It's not possible. There is no space. There's no possibility. I'm sure there were hundreds of cases that came forward to Masha every single day. Why is the Torah taking time to actually bring this forward for this conversation to be spoken about? Because it's an important conversation. It's a space in which Masha Rabbeinu was confronted with a question, not a question coming out of aggression, not a question coming out of complaining, not a question in saying, what do I deserve? The daughters of Slavkat were coming forward to Masha Rabbeinu and saying, Torah is a responsibility to protect not only my father's lineage, but our health and security. It's so interesting because as soon as Salafkad's daughters come forward and ask Masha Rabbeinu, Masha Rabbeinu immediately states, I need to ask Hashem. It's very strange. We have this concept in Judaism that there is always laws that can be borrowed. We have the 13 exegesis, which is 
the 30 Midrashat Harnadrashas Bahem, which are basically laws in which we derive. Not every single law is written out point blank in the Torah. Not every time. There's often we can borrow a law from a, like common law. You borrow a law from a different verdict. But in this case, Hashem much doesn't even take the time to look and find maybe we can, with our own knowledge, Try and understand what we're meant to do in the circumstance. Rather, what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? He straight away asks Hashem. And the Rabbeinu Bachia says something very interesting. The Rabbeinu Bachia was a th- lived in the 1300s in Spain. He's a commentary. And he explains something so powerful. The fact that the daughters of Slavchad says, said, our father was not in the mutiny. Our father was not part of the rebellion against you with Kairach, Moshe Rabbeinu is forced to ask Hashem because there could be even a sprinkle, even a tiny, tiny sprinkle of bias, tiny sprinkle of subjectivity that Moshe Rabbeinu might be bright. Moshe Rabbeinu might think to himself, wow, their father was on my team. Of course I want to help them. I will do whatever it takes to make sure that these girls get what they need because I have an invested personal interest. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, the father of the Jewish people, the one in which is the Raya Mehemna, the one in which is protecting and guiding the Jewish people, even in such a circumstance, the Torah recognized that we are fallible human beings. And sometimes vested interests might blind us, blind our vision from actually bringing the correct verdict. And thus, Moshe asked Hashem, straight away, there is an amendment. If Hashem tells Moshe that if a father dies and he has no sons, the land goes to the daughters. The beauty of this parsha, the beauty of this story is not that Judaism is highlighting what are my rights. Judaism highlights something even higher, which I personally, trust me, I'm all for fighting. I think Judaism respects women and I think I'm lucky to be a Jewish woman, if anything. And I think if people took the time to actually dig deep into the way Judaism has a platform for women, I think people have a very different perspective on Jewish roles. But Judaism is not about, I deserve. How do I feel? The fact of the matter is, it's completely ideologically, it's diametrically opposed to the way we see Yiddishkeit. It's not about what's in it for me. It's what in it for Hashem. What can I do? What, in order for me to be the best Jewish female powerful woman that I can be, what is the responsibility? Hashem, help me help you. The daughters of Slavka didn't think they deserved anything. Rather, they knew that it was her responsibility. It didn't make sense that there would be a space in which they would be homeless. And I think the message, I think the powerful message of this story is that any time there is a space in Yiddishkeit where we find something confusing, where we can't understand why. Instead of us sitting around complaining about it or starting to blame religion for it, 
ask your questions. Go forward, go search, go seek. Lifeguard's daughter didn't stand up. They didn't make a demonstration. They didn't just start complaining to their neighbors and throwing a tantrum. They went to Moshe Rabbeinu directly. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He asked Hashem directly. Through their truth and through their humility and through them actually going forward with the right intentions, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to tell them and the law was amendment and all of a sudden these women, these five powerful Jewish women who the Medrash says was actually in their 40s were able to have equal rights, not in a sense of rights, but in a sense of what can I do for you, Hashem? Hashem is there to protect you. There is no space in Torah that you are going to be subdued and destroyed for being a Jewish woman. It's just our role to actually go forward, ask those questions, learn, inquire, and most of all, have the right intentions while we do it. At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about living for a higher purpose. Wishing you a wonderful Shabbos.